0: Welcome to the Nanalyze Podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Social security and retirement are the topics of today's presentation. And I know that these deviate from what we usually cover here in the channel. But the reason that this came up is that recently in our piece on Uh, Jim's portfolio, part of our Rate My Portfolio series, we talked a lot about retirement funds and the notion of Social Security providing some sort of safety net needs to be addressed for investors. Now, I know that Social Security is a topic that's only applicable to half our audience because the other half is from outside the United States, but these concepts are pretty much the same wherever you live. So just a little bit of housekeeping. What we do here at Nanalyze, we help people become better investors through risk management. And the reason that we do that is because it helps others make money. And when they do that, they become your best customers. It also feels good to help other people and what i've found is that there's a massive amount of complete shite out there that misleads investors so it's important to have some sort of ground truth that's objective and focuses on teaching people instead of dictating to them so what we cover here at nanalyze disruptive tech stocks over 450 dividend growth stocks around 80. stocks are paying subscribers suggest that's polls based we also look at popular stocks and bad ideas but this piece would be part of the general investing knowledge pieces that we publish. Now, the usual caveats apply. This isn't financial advice. It's not tax advice, nor is it retirement advice. These are objective thoughts from a middle-aged American who thinks about the same things that you do. We teach you how to get better at making investment decisions, but you ultimately make them because you need to take ownership over your financial future. And people often ask the question, you know, why do Those who drive Bentleys to their financial advisor's office take advice from someone who rode the train into work. Well, uh, that was answered in a piece we did a while ago, and I think this sums it up. They need to be assured by seeing Alistair's sophistication, his Rolex, his Ferragamo tie. So uh, I wanted to touch a little bit about the two topics that people don't like to talk about, which would be death and taxes. Now, um, I like this piece from Wait But Why. This was published quite a while ago, but I always think back to it. And it's an article that looks at the number of things in your life remaining that you only have so many uh, times left to do them. So, for example, you're only going to read so many books for the rest of your life, depending on how old you are. And this gentleman that wrote the piece said... Uh, based on his age and life expectancy and the number of books he reads, he said, I actually have to choose only 300 of all the books out there to read and accept that I'll sign off for eternity without knowing what goes on and all the rest. So, put this into perspective uh, here on the right, uh, Americans read an average, uh, the mean is 12 books per year, but what's more actual is the typical median. So, American reads about four books every year. The mean age in America is 39. Life expectancy is 77. So uh, at 38 years old, if you read four books a year, you only have 150 left, and you can see those depicted there. So which are you going to choose? It makes you really think about how much you should be valuing the remaining time that you have left. Now, if you're quite young, it's very difficult to see that because the world's all shiny and new. But... That's precisely when you should be investing. Now, the most valuable years for investing are when you're young. In this example, we did a piece on financial advice for kids. It's funny how much of that is so applicable to adults as well. And this chart here spells that the need for investing early, it spells it out. So you see here, Jack, uh, he starts contributing at age 25 and invests for only 10 years till the ripe age of 35 At that time, Jill, she starts investing, and she invests for 30 years. Now, if those individuals returned the same in the market, Jack would still have more money than Jill uh, at the time of retirement. So it's very important to invest early, and what you're seeing here is the time value of money. Now, when you're young, you ought to have, or at any age, I suppose, a simple plan, and since the earlier you save, the more uh, impact it will have on your wealth. Sacrificing early is going to pay dividends down the road a lot. So that's delayed gratification. A lot of people these days um, don't like that concept. But what you can do is, for example, target a life transition around middle age. This is different from thinking about working all the way until retirement and then taking your uh, retirement money and spending it on who knows what. Instead, you can say, well, um, I want to live as much of my life as possible doing what I love. So you can target that around middle age, you might start doing just that, whether that's traveling or charity work or a different career or teaching. If your plan involves generating income at middle age, so that would be if you... um, transitioned into doing something else, then you would want to delay retirement for as long as possible because you're doing what you love, right? You're not at some job that you hate and it makes financial sense. And we're going to show you why that is. Now, before we do that, wanted to ask you, uh, if you're interested in learning how to become a better investor, we have a free subscription plan at Nanalyze. Just go to our website, click subscription plans, and then click free plan. Put in your email address and we send out a weekly newsletter which will help you become a better investor. So getting back to talking about retirement, when you look at the questions that people ask, these are taken from Google, what is the best age to retire for happiness? What happens when you retire? What should I do before retirement? Why should you retire at 62? The biggest questions seem to surround when you should retire. And when you look at the Social Security Administration, so... When you work in America, a certain percentage of your salary goes into this fund. And then when you get to a certain age, between 62 and 70, you start to um, withdraw those benefits. And um, people often wonder what age they ought to retire. Well, you need to differentiate retirement versus when you file for Social Security. So let's talk about Social Security Uh, When to file is a decision that we all have to make. So the earliest that you can file is at age 62. Now, you shouldn't count on Social Security. I certainly don't. And that's because the benefits are questionable. Now, this is taken right from the Social Security website. Benefits are now expected to be payable in full on a timely basis until 2037. That's just 14 years from now when the trust fund reserves are projected to become exhausted. That's not what you want to hear your fund administer say. And so if you're 48 years or younger, you're going to get screwed by the time you get to uh, taking out Social Security. Now, at the point where the reserves are used up, this is from the horse's mouth. They say that continuing taxes are expected to be enough to pay 76% of scheduled benefits. And who knows what that number is going to change to in the future. But what you can do, I don't know if um, most Americans know this, You can go to this URL, the Social Security website, and check at any time how much you're going to receive, and they'll tell you. And then just multiply that if you're 48 or younger by 0.76, and then you'll see how much that is. Now, a big decision that needs to be made is what age to file for Social Security. Now, you can do that earliest at age 62, but what they do If you do that, based on this schedule, so let's assume that uh, uh, you were born in 1960 or later, so that's the majority of people that are watching this, Um, so if you file for those benefits at age 62, they're going to give you 70%, so if your benefit was $1,000, you would get $700 instead, and then going over time, there's a cost of living increase, but the... Later that you wait to file, the more that they're going to give you. And if you wait until the target date to retire, which is age 67, you can see that here. Then if you continue waiting beyond that, they give you a premium. You see that here. If you wait until age 70, you actually get 124% of those benefits. Now, the question is, what age to file for Social Security? Would you take benefits five years early at a discount? Now. How many of you know, and you can answer that just based on, you know, intuitively, but how many of you know what the correct answer is? Now, the pros intuitively would be take it while you can, right? Start spending as soon as possible because the end is approaching and the, the money's being depleted. It seems like the fund can't manage to pay out 100%, so I should take it while I can. The cons are that, five years goes by in a flash. So paying 30% discount, that's just way too much. Every year you wait is one more year of savings or not. Um, Think it through. So first of all, if you're generating income doing something you love and you get to the age of 62, do that as long as possible because that's income. That's a a very uh, simple answer to that question. You continue to generate that income and you don't take from social security because you're When you choose to do that, then you stop generating income and then you're losing that. So you would always want to generate income for as long as you could and then also get the added bonus of that income from Social Security increasing the longer you wait. However, if you're not generating income and you get to age 62, you should probably take those benefits and here's why. Now, everybody ought to learn how to do this. And when I studied in B-School, we did this stuff constantly. And it's the net present value of future cash flows. So it looks complicated, and it's not. It's really simple, and it's really cool. So let's say you were going to install rooftop solar, and that would cost you $20,000, but then you would receive these cash flows from it for 5 years only so for year 1 $5000 year 2 6000 year 3 8000 year 4 7000 year 5 4000 you see these variable amounts what you can then do is figure out how much that money is worth today based on interest rates and you see where they've done that here they've taken each amount and divided it by one plus the interest rate and then for every year that you go forward you simply square it by that number so you can see how that these equations work then you get the present value of these future cash flows so if interest rates were eight percent and somebody was going to give you four thousand dollars five years from now that's actually worth two thousand seven hundred and twenty two dollars so at interest rates at 0%, then you would receive $30,000 for that $20,000 investment. But let's say interest rates are at 8%, which is given in this example. Well, the sum, the present value of those future cash flows is actually $23,992. It's a lot less, but it's still more than your investment. So, of course, you would proceed with this project. This is a basic stuff the basic calculations that you do to um, figure out whether or not you do projects and and all kinds of scenarios now let's get back to social security so assuming you don't have an income the higher interest rates are the more appealing it is for you to take the money now if interest rates are low then waiting might make more sense and we've put together three examples here. On the left, you see 2% interest. So it's unlikely that, uh, um, well, who knows what's likely or not, but uh, 2% interest is pretty low, all right? So if you found yourself in that scenario, then you would want to wait if you thought you were going to live to at least 81. However, life expectancy in the United States is 77 years old. So if you were going to base your decision on that, then you would want to take that money as early as possible, even though it's discounted by 30%. Now, you see, as interest rates go up, let's say they were double that, 4% interest rates, you'd have to live at least until 84 to start making more money from taking those payments later. So, you can do these uh, calculations yourself, using the example that I showed you, and start to make an educated and understandable decision about when you want to take that money. But generally speaking, based on life expectancy and the likelihood of interest rates being not being below 2%, you'd probably want to take the money as early as possible. Now, what about Roths and IRAs? Well, At a certain age, you're required to start withdrawing money. It's 72 years old for 401ks and IRAs. So these are um, retirement plans for Americans that are usually sponsored by employers. Now, if you're invested in volatile assets, because you're required to start withdrawing at a particular age, you better hope you're not in a trough at age 72. And this is just another reason why you should keep safe assets in retirement accounts. The other reason is that if you put all those tech stocks, those volatile tech stocks you like to invest in, if you put those in a brokerage account, then you can write off the losses or potential losses, right? And those give you tax credits. Now, A traditional IRA lets you start withdrawing as early as 59.5 years old, while a Roth IRA lets you withdraw after five years of having the account open. And there's various tax implications associated with each of those IRA types. It's something we covered in our recent written research piece on tax basics. Now, I wanted to touch on the 4% rule. So, There's a rule that says you can withdraw 4% of your savings every year during retirement, and you won't outlive your money. Now, that may or may not be true, but it's likely that you won't. This is just a rule of thumb that financial advisors use. Now, we've put together an example here just to show Just to give you a metric to kind of gauge how much you've saved and whether or not that's impactful or not. So let's take an annual income of $100,000 gross. Now, if you've saved up $500,000, that's five times your earnings or your income. The 4% rule means that based on that amount, you'd be getting $20,000 a year or 20% of your salary. That's quite low. But if you saved 10 times your earnings, so a million dollars, Then the 4% rule means you're getting $40,000 a year or 40% of your salary. That starts to become more meaningful. So, And remember, when you retire, you're also going to need a lot less money because you're not spending so much. So saving 13 times your salary is going to give you half your current income. So that's a good target to have. And what most Americans don't realize is that if they're willing to use geographical arbitrage and live in um, some some of the more interesting places on this planet, uh, you can easily live on $1,000 a month, and that's a whole nother conversation. But just to conclude, death and taxes are the only certain things in life, and you shouldn't count on Social Security as retirement income. And based on the calculations that we've looked at today, uh, retiring early seems to be the best option. At age 62, based on uh, life expectancy in the United States, you have 15 years of life left, though government actuaries believe this number is higher, which is good because uh, life expectancy is increasing based on technical uh, technological advancements. But Don't follow some template to your grave, you know, customize your plan based on what you want to get out of life and don't worry so much. So I see a lot of people that say, I hope I'm doing it right. Maybe that's one of the reasons that they feel confident in entrusting their financial future in the hands of a financial advisor who took the train into work. Um, if you understand how investing works the very basics you can keep those people honest and at least feel more comfortable that you've taken some ownership over your financial future now i'm going to put up another video here that you might want to watch before you click that please click the analyze logo on the right subscribe to our channel thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.